you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys having uh, coming in. She just uh, won't stop. She just loves being a part of the show. What can you do? Anyway, guys, thanks for being here. We certainly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. As always, uh, we're just bringing you all the latest and smartest people from a broad range of stuff. We've really uh, got lots of different people talking about lots of different things in the show. Some uh, might be might seem a little bit more out there and far-fetched, uh, but, uh, I mean, how much out there and far-fetched am I? So you put up with me for 15 years. We brought you the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House advisors, the everyone from Pulitzer Prize winners to journalists, to news anchors, so many great authors that have been on the show and everything else. Uh, what more do you want, people? Seriously, like I'm just giving you everything I got. Three to four shows a day, 15 to 20 shows a weekday. Uh, all that we ask and we beg of you, beg of you, please, for the love of God. Refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and Chris Voss, one on the tickety talkie. We had an amazing gentleman. I'm excited to talk to him today. He's got some uh, interesting stuff he's going to teach us from two different kind of paradigms that are kind of interesting. Uh, Adrian Knight joins us on the show today. Uh, he is an acquisition entrepreneur and business turnaround expert, and he's an accomplished athlete, endurance athlete as well. He's won some championships, and he's uh, doing some other stuff now we'll get into and all that good stuff. Uh, he is an adventurer and endurance athlete on top of the acquisition entrepreneur I mentioned earlier. He buys and sells businesses for a living and has used his acquisition skills to build a multi-million dollar children's education group from the ground up in less than three years i hope he teaches them not to cry on planes or something i don't know <laughs> adrian spent most almost a decade traveling the world in an attempt to run away from his addictions and inner demons that's what i do on fridays uh it was only when he started to be true to his authentic self and prioritized his personal development and well-being this life started to turn around in 2022, Adrian ran, cycled, kayaked across Scotland. Then in March 23, participated in a multi-day endurance event in the Arctic Circle. Just thinking about that makes an endurance event for me. In June, and how cold it might be. In June 23, he ran across uh, northern England. And in November 23, he's competing in the Spartan World Championships in Sparta, Greece. And uh, in March 24, he's uh, scheduled to be on a 14-day jungle expedition across Panama. This guy is on the run, but he stopped long enough to show up for the show. Welcome to the show, Adrian. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Chris. It's wonderful to be here. We appreciate <laughs> you taking time out of uh, running from everybody. How many police officers are after you, sir? Uh, you're just on the run everywhere. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully not that many anymore. I'm Hopefully I'm outpacing them. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Well, it sounds like you're <laughs> definitely ahead of them and ahead of schedule. So, uh, Adrian, welcome to the show. Give us your dot coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs, please? 
Yeah, so the best website, sort of the central hub uh, for myself is adrianknight.co.uk. Um, as I'm sure you can tell by my accent, I'm British. Uh, British, so That's okay, uh, we won't yeah. hold it against you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> We're an international show, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, so there you go. The British, we love it. How's that king thing working out? Okay, I think. Okay, yeah, no, I haven't really stopped long a... enough to, uh, um, yeah, to sort of observe too much, but uh, I think it's going well. There you go. I mean, uh, we uh, they, we used to joke on the show, God save the queen, whenever our British uh, guests would leave. Um, <laughs> and they would look at us askance like, what the hell? Uh, but uh, why is the Yankee saying that? Uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, I don't know. You guys got that new king. And I don't know. As long as he stays awake, I think you guys can have, do some stuff with him there. I hope so. Yeah, they they've yeah. just uh, changed the stamps, so we've now got ah. new stamps. So all of the and I'm gutted because I had loads of and uh, still have loads of stamps behind me with the Queen's head on, but they huh. don't. Um, yeah, I can't use them anymore. So they're probably collectors' items, or will be collectors' items, maybe yeah, someday. One day. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. When people be like, "Remember those good old days with that Queen lady? She was pretty nice." Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I digress. Uh, give us a thirty thousand overview of uh, what you do and how you do it there. Yeah, so um, from a, a career perspective, a, a professional perspective, I buy, turn around and sell companies. Um, I've used that skill set to build a small group of companies in the children's education space. Um, prior to becoming a dad myself, I had no knowledge of that sector and it was purely uh, becoming a dad that made me um, sort of realize I wanted to get in, involved in this um, whole new world that I was sort of encountering. Um, on the, the other side of that, so I'm uh, very much into my sort of endurance events and they've been getting a little bit more uh, extreme. So I actually fly out to Athens tomorrow for the Spartan World Championships. And wow. uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's given a whole new, um, whole new dimension to my life. So. So what are you what are you going to be doing in that event? Tell us how that event works. What what are the activities in that event? Is it uh, extreme eating? Um, I don't know buffet style <laughs> stuff. What, what what goes on there? Oh, if it was definitely if it was, if it was extreme eating, I'd be world champion several times over. I can um, promise you that. Sitting in a um, lazy boy watching TV for twelve hours at a time, something like that. Oh, Is yeah. that what goes on there? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Um, so there's three races. You have a a five k, ten k and a 21k run and there's obstacles within each of those so on the 21k there's 30 obstacles on the uh the 10k there's 25 and on the 5k i think there's uh 15 obstacles and i'm having range... an obstacle just thinking about doing it right now <laughs> yeah well there I, I mean it's it's great fun but when you're doing it, yeah, it well, well it's great fun in hindsight when you're doing it it's a little bit why am i doing this um, but they have some cool obstacles. So one of the obstacles is um, like throwing a, a spear like an old Spartan. And if I'm honest, that's probably the reason why I do it because, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to throw. You a really want to spear scary. somebody. You got some that's enemies right. going on there. That's why I'm running. Yeah. So, give uh, a spear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to be good at that spear chucking because you just never yeah. know when shit goes full medieval and, you know, the zombies <laughs> come. You can spear chuck and, you know, the, the zombies are. You know, if it's just, you know, it's full medieval, you know, we're going to go back to, what is it, uh, you know, crossbows and spears. So it's a good talent to have, especially I've if you play like World of Warfare, World of, one of those medieval video games, you know, it's good to have spear chucking down. That's it. And I've got my battle axe ready. So, uh, got the battle good. axe. Is there, is there an event <laughs> yeah. for that too? Jesus. If there was, I'd be signing yeah. up for it. So, <laughs> so um, 
what motivates you to want to do these things? Like, what's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. What's why, <laughs> what motivates you to want to do these things? I've always, um, I, I've just, I mean, fundamentally, I've just got a, a, a thirst for life. But um, what's really, uh, what's sort of driving a lot of this was something that um, is actually a therapist I was seeing a couple of years ago said to me, which didn't go into any uh, confidential details, but he said that um, he had a patient who was sitting on the same chair that I was sitting on at the time. Mm. And um, that patient said that their biggest regret in life was that they didn't use their body in every which way they could. And mm -hmm. I, and I sort of thought about that. I was like, that's interesting because you normally hear about people saying, I wish I hadn't worked as much or I'd spent more time with my family or I'd stayed in contact with uh, like school friends, etc. But I'd never heard anyone say, yeah. I wish I'd used my health in every way I could. That guy clearly um, didn't like his family then. No. no. <laughs> like, I'd, ra I'd rather use my body. <laughs> Screw that family bullshit. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm running away. Um, but it, it really struck a chord with me. And huh. I'd done some, uh, like, uh, I've done like, like a marathon sort of quite a few years before, done a triathlon. And I just felt like, yeah, you know, that, you know, something could happen. I don't hope it doesn't. Um, but I didn't want to uh, look back with, all of these regrets about what I could yeah. have done essentially. Yeah. You're only young once and it's, uh, and, uh, youth is wasted on the young and, uh, yeah, yeah it goes quick. You got to kind of have fun while you can, cause you get to be my age and people talk about, um, people talk about, you know, doing these 21 K things. And I'm just like, the only 21 K I'm eating is calories. So, uh, <laughs> there's about that. So uh, speaking of your therapist, let's talk about your journey. Were you always this way? Were you always active and busy? Uh, tell us about your life's history. Cause I think you went through some, you went through some stuff there. Yeah. I mean, when I was, uh, when I was what, 15, I was extremely overweight, you know, mm. I was, I was a beast and, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like thanks, I, I, I was, thanks, I was yeah. <laughs> um, but I was really overweight and it, it impacted my life as, um, you know, certainly as like a 15 year old in a, in a very big way. And, yeah. um, it, we was on holiday, um, up in Scotland actually. And I walked past a mirror, uh, one day as we were just sort of going out and I sort of caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I just saw this person staring back at me. I was like, that's not me. And it was a, it was a real, like really stopped me in my tracks. I was like, this person staring back at me is like, that's not me. Like I just, there was a complete mismatch of identities there. And, um, very like shortly after that, like literally within a couple of hours, I made a decision that I was going to do something about my, um, about my weight. And mm -hmm. that started a journey really where I lost quite a lot of weight over a period of a year. Um, at that point so I was 16, mm -hmm. uh, I was starting to get more attention from girls, which is the first time ever and i was starting to find uh, myself more socially like with friends and more socially out there and um yeah that started a journey but throughout my throughout my 20s my weight oscillated a lot so i never went back to um certainly like the weight that i was but it was constantly up and down up and down and mm -hmm. i always used like a um some sort of physical event like a half marathon or a marathon to like when I could feel myself getting out of control, I'd use that uh, to bring me back. Um, I've, I've shifted away from that sort of peak and trough cycle now to the mm. point where I'm more interested in being in a state of like steadfast. So mm. if someone said to me, right, why don't we go and, you know, swim across that river or climb that 
you know, massive hill or mountain or whatever it is, or we run uh, 10K, 20K, whatever it is, just being in a in a mental and physical state of mind, like where I could say, okay, like let's yeah. go. Um, yeah, and it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> now you had a, um, uh, had a nervous breakdown at 19, right? And some other issues. Tell us about that and your journey through it. Yeah, so um, I just come back from backpacking Europe. So I backpacked Europe when I was 18, mm. done 12 countries. It's by far the best time of my life. And I came back on a real, uh, real high. Um, I started a apprenticeship working as a bricklayer. I mm. just got into my first real relationship. So life, you know, certainly on paper should have been fantastic. But within uh, within six months, I'd had, um, yeah, I was like, really declining like mentally and wow. uh in under the 12 months I'd, i've sort of went to the doctor saying i don't know what's wrong but i i literally i i just don't know what's wrong and they said we well, you're having a nervous breakdown which was astonishing to me it was the last thing i expected them to say and yeah. they they gave me a lot of different medications so everything from sleeping tablets because i wasn't sleeping all the way you know all the way across and i remember going home and uh, again, I was still like 19, I hadn't quite turned 20. And I was, I was sitting on, the, on my bed at my parents' house looking at this uh, this medication. And again, just reaching a decision that I didn't want to go down that route. That wasn't mm -hmm. for me. I, I wanted to figure out what this, what was causing this. And even though that may have been a longer journey and you know what I thought would be more painful, mm -hmm. it was a journey I wanted to take. So um, it was a process of like rebuilding myself like brick by brick and my confidence had gone from a state of where well, I was confident enough to travel around Europe by myself mm -hmm. uh, at 18 to I, I literally couldn't look people in the eye I was so bottomed out and uh yeah it was it was a very long and painful journey but um one that I'm, I'm sort of really grateful for having there you go. I mean, some these are the great things about our stories and our journeys and our cathartic moments in life is learning to not only get through them, but helping other people through them as well. Uh, so where, where in this journey do you uh, start with your first business acquisition or start your first business? So my first business, uh, my first proper business was when I was at university and that was a student, um, a student business. So I, um, after having this nervous breakdown, I knew I didn't want to be a bricklayer, um, but in <laughs> hindsight, of course. yeah, um, I, I've got, I've got no, like nothing against it. It just, I just yeah, knew that wasn't just for tough me. work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and particularly yeah. in the, you know, the British cold winters, yeah, I just, oh, it just Jesus. wasn't really for me. Yeah. Um, but I knew I wanted to build. I didn't have that clarity back then, but in hindsight, I just wanted to build. So I, I, I went to university uh, primarily because my girlfriend went to university and I, I actually ended up uh, dropping out after three weeks. Um, but I stayed for three years. And the reason I stayed was because in though that three week period, I'd started yeah. a, um, a very small business, which was advertising local companies to um, who wanted to reach students. Oh, wow. And that evolved um, to the point where we were running multiple student event nights. Uh, we had the advertising and we had a paid uh, weekly column um, in our, in a sort of the, the town newspaper. And that was great fun. And that was a real introduction to business. But yeah. at the same time, I was battling a lot of these sort of, uh, you know, this nervous breakdown and trying to, trying to sort of deal with the personal aspects as well as the yeah. you know, learn how to do business. 
There you go. So uh, I, one of the questions that we had here for you was, um, how do you buy a business with no money? Have you been doing that? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've acquired, uh, I think it's like nine, 10 companies in the last few wow. years. And every single one has been with none of my own money. Um, there's reasons for doing that, uh, mm -hmm. primarily to manage risk. Um, buying oh, yeah. a small business is very risky. Yeah. Um, and so the way you go about it is, it's not what people tend to think, which is, yeah, when people think of like buying businesses, they tend to think of like a big boardroom and you've got 20 lawyers each side and it's all about the like hard financials, like at bigger businesses, like larger businesses, I'm sure that's the way it goes. But at the small mm -hmm. business level, um, it's actually about being human and it's about having a conversation with the seller and understanding, you know, why they're looking to sell why they're looking to sell now what's happened what are they looking to achieve and essentially it's about understanding the motivations of what's driving them and where they want to go and looking for a way in which it can marry up with yourself um the key to it is being extremely authentic and being extremely moral like if there isn't an alignment there then mm -hmm. you don't want to, to move forward for like for, you know obviously for for both the buyer and the seller um, but yeah, essentially it's, un it's uncovering those motivations and seeing if you can sort of match them up. So what may, what got you, uh, interested in doing it this way, as opposed to, you know, a way where, uh, you know, you just start a business and do a thing. What, what got you into it and what kind of keeps you fixated on it where, you know, you, you, you've gotten really good at flipping. I, I imagine you're flipping these companies, aren't you? Or Some are you them. stacking them? Are you keeping them all? Yeah, some of them. Um, the the children's education ones. I'm I'm sort of bringing together in a group. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of the other companies I've bought have been more with the um, more with the intention of going in. I can see where I can add value, you know, adding that value, and then looking to exit that. Whether that be to sell the business to a new owner or to the existing management team or mm -hmm. something along those lines. Basically, to someone who will carry on that business um but, you know you know much longer term than than i'm prepared to do um what got me into it is essentially i'm a terrible startup entrepreneur i I've, i had 12 failed startups throughout my 20s and oh, wow. um the reason that I've, i sort of came to understand was because um i'm probably more of an entrepreneur than like, I'm not very good at the delivery aspect. So I was great at having the ideas, seeing the opportunities, getting everything moving. But then there comes a point quite quickly where the focus needs to be on delivery and systems and processes. And mm -hmm. that just wasn't me. And it was when I discovered I was going to be a dad, I, I took quite a bit of time out and just reflected on who I wanted to be, what, what type of life I wanted to have, and most importantly, what type of father I wanted to be. And I just realized that I had to make some changes there. Um, and acquisition just, it just seemed to make a lot of sense to me. There you go. Uh, so what sort of skills do you need to be successful at uh, mergers and acquisitions and business turnarounds? And, and, and talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, have you had to turn around some of these companies where they bought them out and you were buying them on, you know, discount because they were hitting the wall and you had to, you know, make them run again? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I've, uh, turning around a business is hard. Um, yeah. It depends on the, the, the state of the business because a business mm -hmm. can range anywhere from stressed to highly distressed. 
And so you need to understand what you're what you're going into. Quite often, a lot of the problems that you encounter when you go into a small business is like they, they can be quite easier to fix than may appear because a lot of the problems tend to stem from the owners themselves. And to give an example of this, a lot of small businesses will employ like family members and close family friends and uh, people where they're clearly not right for the role or they're doing the wrong job, but the owner has just put themselves in a situation where by doing what would be right by the business mm. makes it, you know, that they start to jeopardize personal relationships. And so, um, yeah, quite often they want someone like myself to go in to be able to make these changes that they just don't want to make themselves because they still have to see their family at you know, Christmas. And- <laughs> I am going to fire them. You know, I, <laughs> when we did um, mergers and acquisitions, we had the same problem. We would go in and uh you know we 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 did a thing where we'd run an ad in the paper this is a little bit older um you probably run an ad somewhere now but we'd run it in the business section for business sales and it would be basically that we had money to loan uh, struggling businesses and what we would do is we get you know this flood of p l's that would get sent to us which is insane because we just if you went into most businesses and go hey can i see your p l it'd be just <laughs> it's proprietary you know f off um but these people would mail us like whatever we asked for and so you could sit and cherry pick what you wanted uh, i wrote about some of this in my book um and the interesting part and actually this is in the book um the interesting part was is sometimes we would run in that family situation like you're talking about mm. and you know you you show up at the office to give the you know do your due diligence walk around and you know you're like oh oh your mom works here and your brother and your son and uh, all these people and you're going to hit bankruptcy probably in three months um i wonder why uh you know i mean families are really tough to have evolved your business as our friends personal friends uh i don't i don't bring my personal friends into business because i gotta be able to fire you i gotta be able to fire people and i like to fire people uh, that don't do their job right i don't like to fire people that do good jobs but i like to fire people that are just shitty um and you know they're not they're just bad at everything and they're just being lazy usually is the problem or fucking around um and so i, I have no qualms about it whatsoever after <laughs> thousands of employees um but yeah i mean i would sit and give them a you know an offer and uh i'd be like but here's the deal and they'd always they'd always be like uh so um what about my family can you know guarantee that you don't lay off my family and me i want i want to stay on and i'm like no number one you have to go because you're part of the problem so we're gonna Mm -hmm. give you some money to hit the road your family's probably gonna get laid off because they're part of the problem too and uh and (laughs) i'd be like well i don't want them I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to be laid off. And you're like, dude, you're just, we're just putting off the inevitable dude here at this point. You're three months away from bankruptcy. You're fucking around. Um, you know, you got to bite the bullet. Um, and they're probably the ones taking you down, which they usually were. You know, I, I come in, I'd be like, these people have no idea what they're doing other than they're related. Um, but yeah, I've seen that a lot. It's, it's freaking crazy. So, um, you have any stories about bringing uh, uh, any of the companies back from the the dead and, and then flipping them or 
were uh, turning into massive success? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of our um, so business I still own, um, I bought that two years ago. It's a national uh, children's franchise network. So we have 70 oh, wow. uh, franchisees across the UK, Ireland, Scotland, uh, and a couple abroad in Australia and the Middle East as well. And wow. that business was severely impacted by COVID because mm. the, you know, none of the children's classes could run. And the owner had been trying to sell this business for five years and they had wow. several failed attempts and she was at her wits end. Um, she just had another grandchild come along and she just wanted out. But like this is a 30 year old company like, and she had a large franchise network. She couldn't just walk away. She felt incredibly, um, you know, sort of responsible for it. And, and rightly so there's, you know, a lot of, of families being fed from, from this business. Wow. And so um, she had heard that I had acquired a, a, a smaller children's franchise and they approached saying, would you be interested? And when we looked at the financials, I mean, they made a massive loss. They just posted their, <laughs> their year end. It was significant and uh, like six figures. Wow. Um, and that, that sort of meant we had to act really quickly and we didn't know what was going to happen with, uh, with COVID. And when I say we, I mean sort of my team around me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to to go for it. And 12 months later, we posted our accounts and we had actually made a six figure profit from that wow. business. Um, but the turnaround process was it was actually quite um, in the grand scheme of things compared to some of the other ones I've done. It was actually a lot more light to touch. Like we had to make some, a few changes here and there. Mm-hmm. There was a very toxic a person managing the business, extremely toxic, who was poisoning the next the network against the owners. Um, oh wow! And, and yeah, what we found out post sale, what, what the owner just happened to forget to tell us before going in, was that they had, they had previously hired twelve people in that business, and every single one had left within two months because of this this uh, this manager. And so it was like, right, okay, it would have been nice to know beforehand so um thanks for telling us buddy i know right they had yeah like um yeah so as soon as we took that that person out the equation and made some just really minor changes it started to it started to turn around quite quickly and quite often when you go into these businesses the very fact that you're going in and bringing in some energy can be enough to prop up the the like the people the employees as partners suppliers etc who mm-hmm. want to do good and want to make the business work um so that was in the grand scheme of things uh quite a nice one and still got that business today and um yeah it's it's going from strength to strength there you go that's that's a, quite the challenge to do you know a lot of times it is there's there's those uh, employees that are holding you back and mm-hmm being a dredge and sometimes they're just they're just being jerks to be jerks so uh that's like an awesome journey to go on i thought i had lined up to ask you about that uh organization and i thought you'd you'd start as a charity but you actually picked it up in acquisition the children's education group then yeah yeah it was an yeah so the children's education group has been built entirely from from acquisition but that was a that was a very nice one i've had some uh, yeah i mean my last acquisition uh, like it was i bought the business off um a gentleman he was one of two brothers 
Um, he had his wife employed in the business. He had his stepson. He had his best mate from school. And this guy was in his 50s who was a sales manager. And he had uh, a guy he used to coach on the uh, the football team uh, when he was in his teenage years. And he's now, that guy was in his 40s. But that guy who he was coaching, he was stealing from the business. The sales manager was making sales, but they had no margin. So it was actually costing the business. Um, the wife, bless her, She'd spent her 20-year her career as a dinner lady and was now running the finances. So everything was paper-based and the stepson was a lovely guy but didn't have a clue what he was doing. And they were all being paid very, very well. And like this was a 10-person business, which is quite large for a small business, like to have 10 people in. And you're looking at like four yeah. or five of the staff, so it's like 50% of them. So that was very challenging. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Uh, so on your Instagram, you're doing a lot of things over there. What, what's going on over there? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very blessed to um, because of the role I I play in the acquisitions. I intentionally keep myself out of the day to day aspects of business. So um, oh, really? I'm far more involved in the strategic side, and uh, yeah, essentially employ people much better than me to go in and deliver. Um, so I have quite a lot of bandwidth. Uh, like uh, like I've quite a lot of bandwidth and I've been using that bandwidth to um to participate a lot more in uh, like endurance events and just uh um like try all these different parts of life that I wanted to try but also to um to help people who may be in a in a situation like I was previously in with they're struggling with alcohol or addictions or various um sort of vices or or things that are holding them back and just to to help them just get on the right path really um and that's been incredibly fulfilling like really really fulfilling there you go i and and so i know your website is uh, coming up uh, soon uh, you're making some changes to it what are you going to be the offerings on your website what are people going to be able to take advantage of yeah, so there's there's going to be two core offerings. Uh, the first one that's already live on my Instagram, which is essentially mindset and um, like life coaching, and that's very much focused around um, like habits, fitness, and nutrition, and using the three combined to put you into a a far more like higher version of yourself. Um, it's I've got a small group of of uh, clients who I work with, and it's it's like been very transformational for them and it's something i live by day by day uh very transformational for me as well and um mm. that's more like the personal development side and on the business side i am uh currently working with a small group of people who want to learn how to buy businesses uh, but i'm particularly interested in working with sellers people who might be looking to sell their business at some point down the line helping them to um to position their company and to get as much value as they can out of it and that's purely stemmed from the fact that i've looked at so many like hundreds and hundreds of small businesses and it's really heartbreaking to see or to speak to an owner who spent 20 years building their business mm -hmm. they have their whole retirement in, you know tied up in this and they're just completely not ready and they won't get a tenth of what they think they're going to get and um yeah i just want to help some people there Definitely. You know, it's, you, you can run a great business for a long time and it can seem like everything's going really well. And, uh, you know, you can go 10 years down the road and suddenly the market changes and the world changes and everything kind of gets turned upside down and 
then you're like, Hey, what's going on with this? And, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes sad because, you know, I, I ran, I mean, our longest running company was like 20 years and then came the 2008 mortgage crisis and it was a mortgage company. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I built companies I thought I would have for a lifetime. And there's sometimes where, you know, especially with great recessions that it just all gets taken away from you. And sometimes you can save companies, you can bring them back. Sometimes you can put the work in and change them. Um, uh, you just, you just never know, but being able to save them definitely and being able to have that skill set. How do you, um, with what you do in your life in, um, in the athletics that you use and the development of yourself, your core strengths and improvement. I noticed there's a picture of you on Instagram here with David Goggins. I read his books and <laughs> yeah. he's an extraordinary man, not only from his masochistic abusive exercise, but also his, his discipline and determination. Um, sometimes I read his book and I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, what happened to you? Um, but he, I mean, God bless him. He can kick ass and take names. And uh, I, I, you know, he, he can run around the block by the time I get up out of my lazy boy recliner. Uh, so, you know, he's got some on me. I think he's my age too, which is really shameful. When I see his videos, I'm like, she's like, guy's my age and I'm, I'm getting tired just watching him. Um, but you know, how do you, how do you transform, uh, some of these sort of, um, things that you use to be disciplined in your, uh, exercise and your, your, these achievement things that you're on and, and how does that play in your personal life and your, and your executive life? Yeah, in a very big way. So, um, the big changing point in my life and, um, I always say this is like the secret source, like to anyone listening, like this is really it was mm-hmm. when I, um, when I started to create some time and space in my life to focus on me. Um, so the way I done that was by getting up earlier and I, just, I started by getting up uh, 15 minutes earlier and simply just having a cup of tea because I'm British and I like my tea. Um, and just having, like before any emails, any social media, uh, family instead of sleep, just that time for me. And, and in a very short period, I started to notice that I was feeling better and it was having an impact as I sort of went into my day. Um, then I thought, well, this is cool. Why don't I make it half an hour earlier? But I use um, the, that sort of extra time to read 10 pages of a book. And mm. again, it started to have more and more impact. And I just kept going from there. So I started off by getting up about quarter to six. Um, I now get up at 4 a.m. every morning and the first three hours of the day is purely for me. I read, I journal, I visualize, I meditate and I work out. And what what has happened is, whereas before I was getting up as a like a level two version of myself, a level three version, um, I still get up as a level two or level three version, but I spend the first part of the day like, priming myself so then when I come back from the gym and I walk through the door and I see my four-year-old daughter and I see my wife and I I'm starting to think about my day I'm more like a level seven level eight version of myself and that 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 has had a very profound impact because what it's done is meant that I'm going into like my working life my personal life and I can see things clearer and I've got more confidence to be able to like follow through on any decisions I make and that really in a very short period of time just turned my life around in so many ways and i've i've helped uh, to sort of guide people on applying a very similar 
philosophy in their lives like doing this with some of the people that I work with and seeing some of the changes they've had in such a short period it's been like it's been really eye-opening like this stuff is is powerful and it's so accessible to anyone and it costs nothing like it's you know it's just the willingness to get up uh sort of 15 30 minutes earlier and and so yeah and and so anyone who might be struggling I always suggest like that's the place you have to start you have to create a bit of time for yourself there you go. Um, you know, it, I like this morning thing. I didn't used to do a morning thing, and I started doing one this year, uh, going out and sitting in the vitamin D sun, uh, mm-hmm. spending time with my dogs, starting my circadian rhythms, um, and uh, having just more in time in the morning instead of just waking up, hit the bell, and you're like, rush, 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 I'm going to get to everything else when I get to it. We're going to have this peaceful sort of thing. I remember watching uh, Jeff Bezos. to meet the day the demands of the day you you feel less um what's the you feel less being uh you know you're not being pushed or browbeaten all day long you know you're just being attacked by everything sometimes and you're just trying to sometimes react to stuff where if you lay that foundation in the morning of taking your time and peace and i love like going to the gym at 4 a.m because no one's there like it's just me and maybe like a couple other people and there's a giant gym and I have the whole place to myself. And so I can wander around. I can just kind of be peaceful and I don't have to wait for stuff to get on or off it. I have to put it with people, stupid people running around me. I can just kind of enjoy the gym. I can go in the jacuzzi or the sauna and, you know, I've got some peace. If I go there when it's busy, there's always some idiot in the sauna wanting to talk and you're like, do you understand this is kind of a meta area? <laughs> Like, you know, I don't want to hear your life story. Like, God, especially your life, buddy. Um, <laughs> like, I, I'm not even sure why you're telling anybody about it because it's awful. Uh, but, you know, and so I like being going in those quiet moments. But, yeah, I've, I've kind of learned that laying that foundation, having that quiet time uh, and building on that just makes a whole difference in your whole day. It, it's, it's huge. And I never fully appreciated how big an impact this was having until I stopped doing it. And mm-hmm. so it was last uh, last October, we went on a, a week-long uh, family vacation and it was um, yeah, really nice uh, a vacation. And mm-hmm. the whole trip, I felt terrible. And I couldn't understand why. I'm like, we're in this these lovely surroundings. We've got my three-year-old daughter at the time, my wife. Like, like life couldn't be better. I just made an acquisition, so like, mm-hmm. I really felt everything across the board was fantastic. And yet, I felt awful, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And it was the day before we came home when I woke up, and I was like, I get it. I understand why I'm feeling like this. It's because I haven't done me. I haven't taken the time because I was waking straight mm. up and going straight into dad mode, even though he was in his lovely like surroundings, straight mm. into dad mode. And I hadn't done me. And that's what I had struggled with, particularly after like months and months of always having this, um, this time sort of set aside every single day, seven days a week. 
and that that just cemented it for me and that if anything sort of evolved uh, uh i think at the time i was getting up about five five a.m maybe five thirty and i was like i want more time for me what impact would that have and yeah it's just uh it's just been sort of evolving ever since there you go uh so give us your final thoughts as we go out and pitch the audience to reach out to you work with you and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So um, I love working with people who are looking to improve their lives, uh, people who may have a sense that they've got a lot more in them, um, but don't quite know how to access that. Um, I've, I've already worked with people in sort of various situations, um, uh, whether they're actually like combating uh, addictions or whatever, all the way through to life's pretty good, but I want it to be great. Um, the best place to get me is uh, my website, which is adrianknight.co.uk. Um, and I'm also very active on social media, especially Instagram. Uh, I normally post on there several times a day. And I try to uh, like give people an actual glimpse of what's going on beneath the surface. Um, so some of the struggles I still you know, face day to day and uh, sort of work through. So, um, yeah, even my website or, or social media and the best uh uh, the handle for my social media is Adrian J Knight, and that's for all of the all of the channels. Glad to be on the show, man. People need your motivation and need to do more. And you know, people always, you know, I, I don't want to start a company until I get some money, or uh, you know, I put this together. And people need to realize that they can go do it. It's yeah, it's it's not that hard. Um, it it's sometimes hard to dig companies out of thing, but you can cherry pick because. You know, when you look at uh, acquisitions, you know, it's what was Ted Turner's famously said, you never you never lose anything saying no to deal and walking away. Mm. Um, so if you see something you don't like, you know, you can always come back, but, you know, you can you can say no to it and turn it away. It, it gives you a whole lot better opportunity. And it's interesting that how many businesses will, sh when they're in trouble, will share just like all the data with you. And sometimes you can learn more from that than you you can from buying them out or getting involved in their business. You're just like, wow, I won't do things that way. <laughs> kind of like the family situation. So Adrian, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, uh, give us your .com once more as we go out. Yep. It's uh, adrianknight.co.uk. There you go. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thanks, man. It's for uh, tuning in. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Foss, LinkedIn.com, Foss, YouTube.com, Fosses, and all those great places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that should have